You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Hey everybody, this is uh, Dr. David Waters, uh, board certified foot and ankle surgeon, foot and ankle physician here on the wonderful Fix My Feet podcast. And I'm lucky to be joined with my two awesome uh, colleagues and co-hosts today, Dr. Evan Lennox, Hello. Uh, foot and ankle surgeon, and uh, Ashley Anderson, RPA in our practice here at Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons in Nebraska. Hello. So, glad to have them both. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. So, uh, like I've said before, I know this is just one of the first episodes. I just want to reiterate what the podcast is aimed at is getting good information to patients or just the community in large about foot and ankle topics. So it's it's really aimed at uh, patient-focused and community-focused. And so we're trying not to talk any of the doctor lingo today and just give, like, some real good evidence-based information about what patients can expect with certain foot and ankle conditions. So today I thought we would start to talk about the questions we get all the time in the clinic. And so we kind of focused today around what the questions we get about foot and ankle surgery specifically, maybe what you can expect and what what might happen and uh, some of those different things that we kind of get asked all the time. So I thought I would uh, start out today uh, and ask Gavin, what do you think are some of the most common things patients are worried about when it comes to thinking about whether they got to have foot and ankle surgery or not? Yeah, I think some of the most important things that they want to know, especially around here, are time off work because that's a big deal when it when it comes to having surgery. They need to know if they need to, you know, discuss with their employer about taking extra vacation days or if they need decreased workload at work or if they can get by, you know, doing sort of a sitting duty versus uh, a normal duty job. If it's more of like a heavy lifting or something, something along those lines. The other thing they want to know is, um, you know, how long procedures take. Um, they, they like to know that information and whether or not they're going to have somebody drive them to the surgery center or the hospital and how long, um, you know, they can expect to be at the procedure um, and then when they can go home that day so they can kind of plan around having help at home and having some things like that um, to help their recovery. And patients also want to know definitely, will they be able to walk on this after surgery? Will they be protected when they're going to see you? There's all sorts of those follow-up questions after procedure that they want to know about so that they can plan their lives because everybody still has things to do, whether or not they're having surgery. And so you got kids to take care of, you've got jobs, you've got other uh, engagements. And so th these are valid questions that patients want to know answers to. Um, and they vary widely depending on the procedure that they're having. So they're, they're good questions for patients to ask. Definitely. Yeah. They're, those are great questions that you know, you're going to go talk to your foot and ankle surgeon about, you know, the procedure and kind of what to expect. Those are all excellent topics. Uh, Ashley, what do you think? One thing, what are some of the things patients can do to prepare for a foot and ankle procedure? things they should be thinking about that I might need to get or I might need to, you know, uh, be thinking about ahead of time so they can be prepared on the back end and not like, I always worry that patients are running around like chickens with their head, like trying to get everything together after we do the procedure. So what are like some of those things they can think about in advance? So for sure, if you know, if you've been told like in this 
one of the beginning or first discussions that you've had with your surgeon or whoever it is in the office, and they have said, whatever procedure you're having, you're going to be non-weight bearing. For sure, once you start hearing that, where you're not going to be able to walk on your foot, you're usually going to have to use some sort of thing on wheels. So whether that's a knee scooter, a wheelchair, or crutches. Crutches are just really hard to use. They are nice to have even if you don't use them all the time. So getting a pair of crutches, you can get them nice and cheap in a couple of places. Amazon um, and like some of the bigger stores will have them. But so crutches and I would say like figuring out if you have a ton of stairs getting into your house, how are you going to get in and out of your house? Um, that's a big one. If you only have really tiny, narrow hallways, if you're going to have to use a wheelchair in the house, you're going to have to try to find a skinnier wheelchair, different things like that. A lot of times I think patients don't realize how much they aren't going to be able to move around their house, especially if they're only going to have one leg to help them out. And then also staying home like at after surgery if you live alone that's just fine however at that same night of surgery you're always going to have someone that needs to stay with you at least to make sure you're doing okay people don't think about that one a lot um so just kind of like the direct post-op and help to manage some of the medicines afterwards for pain, that's a big help to have someone who will help you with that. So if you can go stay with a family member or if you're going to need to go to a rehab facility and you know those limitations in your schedule at home or what your situation is, those are big ones. It's kind of that, how am I going to move around afterwards? Is my house safe for me to be one-legged? And is, like, what am I going to do directly after surgery? Yeah, excellent. I mean... I don't think patients give enough thought to the idea of, like you're just saying, like, I'm essentially going to have one leg after surgery, especially if there's a non-weight-bearing time. Um, and, you know, they need to think about all those things you just talked about. You know, how am I going to get around? Also, I think they need to consider maybe what their social situation is. And what I mean by that is is what kind of support they might need to have. Uh, Dr. Lawrence, what do you think, like, what are some social situations that patients might need to think through uh, that they probably don't necessarily always think through before we before they decide to have surgery? Well, I actually definitely hit on one. Patients who live alone, um, they can be used to taking care of themselves and then things change drastically, especially if you're not putting weight on one leg, then you got to, you know, get into your house. If you've got to go upstairs to get to your bedroom, um, all those kinds of things have to be taken into account. The other thing too, that a lot of patients don't think about is surgery on the right foot. A lot of times makes it pretty much impossible to drive. Um, and you know, legally, even if you're weight bearing on that side in a boot, um, you, you can't legally drive with that because it's, it's too much of a risk and, and dangerous that you can get it caught under the gas pedal or the brake pedal or something like that. And so that's another thing where you might have to arrange rides with a family member, um, or work from home if it's, you know, that you commute to work, things like that. I, that's a that's a really big one. I think that sometimes people are surprised about to hear when, when they're discussing surgery on the right foot. And so when patients come in with um, complaints of pain, you know, in both feet or a similar pathology in both feet, a lot of times they um, that helps them make a decision on which one they want to do first because the right foot comes with that decreased driving ability uh, versus the left one does not. And so that, that can definitely help them make a decision on which side they want to do. So I think that's definitely one that that is important to discuss with patients. Yeah, I think that you definitely, that's, that's, that's key. And I get that all the time when I try to talk about the right foot, like 
realize you're not going to be able to drive after we do this procedure. And uh, that definitely puts limitations on what people are used to being able to do in their like day-to-day -day functioning of their life of driving themselves around. And, and uh, so that's something you need to consider and think about as well. Uh, other common questions, and I know we talked about this, but not the procedures vary widely. So not everybody is non-weight-bearing. When we say non-weight-bearing, what that means is we don't want you to put any weight on that foot during the post-operative period. So we want that foot in, in the air, you know, without weight so that bones typically can heal in the, in the position that we've put them in. And so there are some, can, some procedures we ask you to be non-weight-bearing. There's others that we let you go ahead and weight-bear in a boot. Um, Ashley, what, what typically kind of is the breakdown, you know, when we let them walk in a boot versus, you know, when we might be more restrictive as far as their weight-bearing status so patients might know, you know, if they're thinking about a bunion versus they're thinking about a, a big hind foot procedure or something, what, what things might they kind of get an idea of what they might be looking at afterwards? Yeah, so I'd say the procedures usually where you're going to be walking after surgery in either a post-op shoe or a walking boot, putting some pressure on that foot, is if you have had like a bunion procedure. Now there's a couple different types, but it's usually like a fusion of the great toe. If you have hammer toe procedures, anything kind of up by the toes or the heads of those bones, right, that connect into that that joint right here, kind of at the ball of the foot, those are all usually pretty good. Like if you have a cyst removed up there, something like that, you should be able to walk in a boot. Another thing where you'd be able to walk in a boot afterwards is usually if you just have an ankle scope that you're, we're taking down arthritis and bone spurs. Those things usually can walk right away in something that's protected, like a walking boot post-op shoe. Now, the surgery that Dr. Waters had mentioned just a second ago, like a hind foot surgery, that's something like in the back of your foot, like in the heel or more so in that middle part of the foot. Like if there's any bigger things done, like you've had a graft added, or we're trying to do some sort of fusion of a joint, we're shifting the heel bone off to the side. If you have a really bad flat foot and then you're having that fixed, um, or a really bad foot that has a really super high arch, a cavus foot, um, those are all surgeries that are larger. If you had any big fusion or a total ankle, any of those usually will keep you off of your foot. That way it will help those bones give a chance to heal without you putting weight on them. Yeah, I think that's well said. So, you know, just generally, if, if it's something near the front, what we call the front of the foot or toes or metatarsal heads, which are the bones right behind your toes, generally we're more liberal with weight bearing because the boot will offload those areas. Uh, and when we get further back in the foot or the ankle, then we start thinking more, especially when it comes to bone work, uh, where we're cut a bone or, or fuse a joint, we think more about non-weight bearing times in those, in those situations, uh, than we would otherwise. So those are all good points. A couple other things, uh, Dr. Leonard's patients always ask about pain. Should they expect pain after foot and ankle surgery? You know, what, what are some of the things we do to help patients through the pain after surgery, um, or is this all painless? Some patients hope that it's painless, but generally not. So, so, 
it's not painless. Um, but, you know, there will be some some pain, some discomfort. I mean, we, we do everything we can to minimize it to some extent, but it is surgery. There's inflammation in response to that. There's new positioning of the foot that can, um, you know, cause some you know, small spasms. There can be irritation to the nerves. There's all sorts of, of things that go along with this that can cause some discomfort after surgery. We, we minimize it the best we can with preoperative blocks and appropriate anesthesia. And so by numbing up the area we're doing surgery or numbing up the leg, we can you know keep patients comfortable immediately following surgery. And then with you know, a standardized regimen of, of pain medication afterwards for the first week to two weeks, usually we can keep patients in, in a position that they can still function and you know go about their lives. Um, that's not to say that they're not having any discomfort, but we can keep it into the lower numbers of that, that pain scale. And then we're doing pretty good. And the other thing to discuss with them too regarding pain is that when you talk to a patient about, you know, you'll be in a walking boot for six weeks, you won't be walking for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the, the case may be. And then we'll try and transfer you to you know something less supportive and get you back to a more normal weight bearing or in a shoe or something like that. There's going to be a little bit of a, a break-in period with that as well. And it doesn't, you know, you don't just pop right out of, of these assistive devices and go back to a normal a normal day um, a lot of the time. You're not going back to 100%. So there's a, a gradual transition with these things. And I think that's kind of the overall key with discussion um, about foot and ankle surgery with patients is just patience um, because different parts of the body, you can weight bear things sooner. There's not as much of a change to your lifestyle, um, but lower extremity stuff can can be very debilitating when you you can't walk around and drive and, and when there's there's pain with, with walking. Um, so I think preaching patients to patients is helpful um, and just letting them know upfront that there will be some discomfort and things, but that you're always there to kind of help them through that uh, immediate post-operative period and, and make sure that they're as comfortable as possible. Yeah, that's a great point. Like as we're wrapping things up, I think we should talk about recovery a little bit more. Ashley, what do you think realistically time frames? I always get asked this that patients should be thinking about when it comes to just initial recovery, meaning getting through the surgery and back to walking a little bit versus like time frames for like complete recovery, meaning like, you know, swelling's coming down, pain's really coming down, function is really improving. Like, what are those time frames kind of looking like? In general, obviously, they're different, and we're not today. We're not talking about specific procedures. So, but in general, what patients should be patients thinking about when it comes to time frames of recovery? I'd say usually the first couple weeks are the most swelling, the most pain, because you just had surgery. So that's when you're going to have the most of all of that, and it slowly starts to improve after that. After about six weeks, that's usually when we'll start doing some physical therapy. Sometimes it's sooner, sometimes it's after. But usually for that next about six weeks or so, you still have some swelling. You still have some pain. However, you're starting to kind of walk, whether without the walking boot or gradually transitioning into your normal shoe if you've been in a boot or off of your foot. So starting to do some weight bearing. So by about three months, it just about depends. So I'd say most people are starting to be in their shoes, walking, but still having to deal with some swelling, pain every once in a while, maybe nerve pain. And then about 
Sometimes it can take a good six months to a year until your swelling has really started to completely go away or your nerve pain is much better or any of those odd sensations that you developed after surgery. Um, so I think that's generally kind of the process. It can take quite a long time sometimes for those things that just take longer in the body to heal, like nerves in the lymphatic system. Yeah, those are all great points. And I always tell patients, like uh, Dr. Lennox was saying, it is a process of patient's recovery, you know, and it's not linear, meaning you don't go from point A straight to point B uh, with consi- everyday consistent improvement. It's up and down. You have good days, you have some bad days. But in the general scheme, when we look at going from point A to B, there's a general upward trajectory towards getting better but there will be good days and bad days. And there is a, there are some general timeframes. And I always tell patients that, you know, you should really expect six to 12 months before you get like that complete recovery where you're feeling really, really good about it and swelling's looking really good and things like that. So it is a, a process of patients and exercise of patients uh, for those who choose. Uh, you know, surgery is not always indicated, but there definitely are times where you need to have surgery. And that's the point of this uh, podcast today is that when you're visiting with your doctors and surgeons, there are times where surgery is going to be needed. And we want you to be educated about some things you should be thinking about uh, in regards to foot and ankle surgery uh, when it comes that time. So you can have educated discussions either with one of us, if you're seeing us or with uh, whoever your uh, foot and ankle surgeon or provider might be that you can ask educated questions to them. Any, uh, Parting thoughts of uh, things patients might want to be thinking about that we might not have covered tonight. I think people definitely do their research before they come in. I think there's just always going to be some surprises when it comes to that kind of stuff because it's just you don't know specifically what your procedure is going to be and those kinds of things. So um, just be you know open-minded when you go into that kind of stuff and just know that there's a lot of research and there's a lot of data that backs up all of these decisions that we're, we're trying to make sure that everyone gets, uh, you know, as healthy as possible, as fast as possible and back to your normal life. And so do your research on, on things before you come in and then just be, you know, open to have a discussion. And, um, we're always happy to hear things from, from patients as well. Um, and alter plans on a patient by patient basis, because not everything is one size fits all. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that we, we want patients to advocate for themselves, you know, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk, at least in our practice, we tell you about everything that we can do for the for the issue that you're having. Some of it's non-surgical, some of it's surgical, and we'll tell you the pros and cons of all the options and, and try to help you and I make an educated decision together based on the evidence of what the best path forward might be. And uh, here are some things to think about when we get to a discussion about surgery. So, Ashley, anything before we leave? I guess just surgery can be really overwhelming. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of those things. Someone mentioned surgery and it's really scary, but we're not trying to ever say you absolutely were forcing you to have surgery. I mean, there are people who really need surgery and they're like, nope, not having it. So then we try our best to figure out the best way to help you. So it's just one of those things that sometimes we have to have that good discussion about it. Yeah. Agreed. Surgery is a scary word. And usually when you say it in the room, like the earmuffs go on and nobody can think of about anything else. So we try to break up those appointments and bring you back a different time when you've had a chance to process it and think about it a little bit. 
hopefully tools like this will will give you something to think about if you listen to the podcast. Again, if you have questions, leave your comments on social media outlets, Facebook, Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons, Instagram, our YouTube channel. Feel free to reach out to us. We appreciate your comments and your support of the podcast. Until next time, this is your Fix My Feet crew, Dr. David Waters, Dr. Evan Lennon, Ashley Anderson. Appreciate you guys being here. Can't wait till we do this again. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.